You're listening to Jamie D and Big Newt. Thanks for joining us again. We are so happy to have you guys. And man, we are a mere days away from the season kickoff. I can't believe it's here, big man. I cannot believe that we're almost 48 hours out for the first NFL game, man. A lot of people didn't think we'd get to this point and just watching college football last night, man, watching uh, BYU and Navy, man, it felt so good. So I'm excited for Bill's Mafia that, hey, man, 1 o'clock, man, Sunday, we're going to actually be playing football. There's a chill in the air, too, here in Washington, D.C., and it feels like fall is finally upon us, and I absolutely love this. Next thing you know, the the leaves are going to be changing over. It's going to be beautiful outside. I love this time of year for so many reasons. So we've got a we've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about Trent Murphy. We will be discussing that incredible Trey White extension and also our game by game predictions of the Buffalo Bills record this year. But first things first, hey man, how was St. Louis? It was good, man. Um, it was uh, bittersweet. Got, it was good to see the parents. I haven't been back home in two years, uh, obviously, because my daughter plays AAU basketball all last summer. We're tied up with that. And we actually played uh, Run for the Roses in Indianapolis this weekend, so we got to do that with her. But it was good to be back home. I uh, drove to St. Louis last Monday and spent five days there. Then I drove my dad to Milwaukee, where he laid his uh, last sister to rest. So we drove six hours there, went to the funeral, went to the burial, and drove six hours back. And uh, then I got up the next morning, drove to Indianapolis for the tournament, and then uh, came back to Virginia 10 hours yesterday. So I, I'm needless to say, I'm pretty tired, but it was well worth it. That's a lot of miles on the car, man. Yeah, man. That's what happens. Yep. But uh, yeah, I wanted to talk. I was thinking about the listeners, and I love all the feedback we've gotten uh, for the last couple of weeks starting the podcast. And I was thinking about you and the listeners on my trip, and I wanted to pose a question. So last week, we were talking about Ray's Boom Boom Room, right? Yeah. And so the Boom Boom Room, a lot of stuff go down. We drink. My dad's an avid smoker. And, and, uh, and so that's okay for the Boom Boom Room. But when we went to Milwaukee for the funeral, and this is why I wanted to post to the listeners. So let me tell you a quick story. All right. So my dad smokes like a chimney. I'm not a smoker. I mean, I smoke cigars sometimes, whatever, but I'm not a smoker. And so when I'm in his house, it's his rules. I get it. You know, so he smokes. I can't tell him not to smoke, but I have a brand new car. So it's kind of like, I love my new car smell. So driving up to Milwaukee, I'm like, look, if you got to smoke, we'll stop and you could, you know, smoke. And so on the way up, we stopped four times so he could smoke. He kind of joked it off, whatever. Once we got to Milwaukee, though, it was like all bets off. And it was like, you know, and my dad's old. He's almost 80. So he's kind of grumpy. And, you know, he's kind of honorary. And, and it, it was like, and it, okay, so let me get on the story. So after the funeral, you know, we walk to the car, and I'm like, Dad, you know, why don't you, because people outside smoking a little smoking area, they all standing there talking. I'm like, Dad, why don't you smoke now? Because I know you're going to need to smoke before we go to the uh, grave site. Oh, no, no, big dude, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm like, all right. So we get to the car, my cousins come over, and they get to talking, and he just smoking in my car. And he kind of laughing, like, yeah, man, can y'all believe the big dude won't let me smoke in his car, making me out to be the bad guy. I'm like, all right, whatever, man. Like, you're my dad, I love you, whatever. <laughs> 
So at that point, I'm like, dude, why would you walk past the smoking area just to sit in my car? And I was like, you may. And I thought about the Dave Chappelle skit when uh, he was with uh, not Charlie Murphy, but he was with Rick James. And he was like, <laughs> F your couch, man. I'm Rick James. B, you know, B.I. You know, I'm not going to cuss. But if y'all watch Dave Chappelle, please look at the uh, skit with Rick James. It is hilarious. And he's basically saying, F your car. And he told me that numerous times. He cursed me out like three times. <laughs> and so what I was thinking about to the uh when I was thinking about the Bills Mafia, if you're listening, I want to hear from not smokers, because I know Bills Mafia is a lot of smokers because you can walk through the tailgates and you see a lot of people smoke. Sure do. But I'm talking about the people who maybe have friends or maybe a parent that smoke, but they don't smoke. Am I wrong for asking my dad to step out the car? Shouldn't you think that he would respect my brand new car smell and not say F your car, I'm going to smoke it anyway. So I'm going to, I'm giving you an opportunity to see if Newt was wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll take the feedback. Yeah, I mean, we might even be able to put up a poll on this uh, on Twitter. It's fairly easy to do. We we need this. So we yeah. got to do that. That's a good idea. May, may I say that I don't think he should be smoking in your car. I, I don't think he should. He should be respecting that. That is yours. That is your property. Yeah, you're his son. You got to respect him. And you did respect him. You said, hey, I'll pull over for you whenever you want. But he's like, no, F your car. I'm smoking in it. I'm Rick James. What, what, what do the fists say to the forehead? <laughs> it is, and the funny thing about it, baby, I know we got to get on with it, but the funny thing about it is during the six hours ride home, he brought up everything he's done to me over my 47 years of his life. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you was getting recruited, go to I drove you to all them colleges. When you needed a car to do this, your first prom, I've got you a car. And this is how you doing your old man. And I was just like, I cannot believe that this is happening right now. Like it was it was comical, it was sad. Like I went through the whole gambit of emotions, man. So, dude, I mean, but at this point, he's almost 80 years old. You have the trump card of all trump cards. Dad, if you don't stop smoking, I'm putting you in a home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. You better have some long-term care already paid for cuz I'll make sure you go to the state, buddy. <laughs> And the funny thing about it, I'm a big guy once again, and when I come in the door, he always, God, dog, boy, how much you weigh now? And so he'll oh. bang me about my weight. And I'm like, dude, you smoking cancer sticks, dog. The doctor told you numerous times you need to stop, but you're going to keep on going until you agree. So how, isn't that the calling the kettle black? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> so here's the thing I took from the story. Your dad calls you Big Newt. Yes, he does. He calls my family calls me Newt, like their name isn't Newton either. That's the comical thing about it. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> Only people that don't call me Newt is my kids. My wife calls me Newt. Your wife calls you Newt. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> like her parents are like her mom's like one hundred percent Italian. Her dad's French Canadian. They call me Christopher. And I feel like, ooh, like that's mob ties. You know what I'm saying? They call me Christopher. <laughs> but she'll come up and call me Newt. And it's it's like, I don't know. It's almost like a characterization. I don't know. It's it's hilarious, though. That's funny. I, I really want to meet your family. You've met my family. You've met my parents. You met one of my best friends uh, on this trip up to Rochester we went on once. But, well, yeah, it, you got to return that favor at some point. Well, you met my well, you met my wife and kids. You just sure, met sure, I met them, but I I yeah. want to see where Big Newt came from. The extended family. Okay, I got you. 
Yes, I got you. yes. Where was that place we went when we went up there? The the the, the barbecue place, Dino Dinosaur Barbecue. Yes, yes. Fantastic, isn't it? Loved it. I was in heaven. We had such a great time up there, man. I tell you. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that again. So yeah. this this entire this entire story that you told came up because you posed a question for listeners, which is should he or should he not have allowed his father to smoke in the car? And you can get a hold of us to to let us know what you think on Twitter. I am at the Jamie D'Amico. He is at at big underscore newt. Excellent. So speaking of listeners. That's one thing that I want to get to before we dive in is we had some awesome interaction with listeners this past week. I want to thank Sparky66 for hopping in and having some great feedback as well as some uh, some really flattering things to say. We love you for it. And also, there's a question that was presented to us by Devin McKesson. What happens to Star Lutelele if Harrison Phillips and Vernon Butler play well and are productive throughout this season meaning what is the team going to do with star next season because he's opted out of this year what do you think newt well i think that he's in a peculiar situation whenever you're not playing you're giving guys opportunities um essentially to take your spot i mean i understand star not playing because he it was a contractual thing it wasn't necessarily covid from what i'm reading it's more or less he wanted his contract to be guaranteed and roll over and if we play two games and they cancel the season then his contract wouldn't be guaranteed so it was something contractual interesting but you're now you're giving these guys an opportunity to replace you at a much cheaper rate so I think he's taking a chance, but I mean, you're gambling either way. You know what I'm saying? So I just think he's providing an opportunity to somebody to come and then they play well and maybe he'll get released. I think that there's a very good chance of that happening. Now, they don't have the skill sets that Star has. That guy is a lane clogger. He's impossible to move off the line of scrimmage on running downs. And he's uh, he's a very important piece to to what they do. And we know that the Bills love bringing in waves upon waves of defensive linemen, but right. he's going into the last year of his contract and it's a cap hit of about $10 million. Money they would save on next year's salary cap if they let him go. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's exactly what they would do if the other guys ball out. Yeah, I can see that. I don't see a way around it. Yeah. Anyway. Now, we're going to clean up a couple of things over this past week uh, regarding the roster cut down. And namely, I want to talk about Trent Murphy. So I've got a multiple choice question for you, Newt. Okay. Trent Murphy is still on the team because A, he has compromising pictures of Brandon Bean. (laughs) B, he's a cockroach and can survive a nuclear holocaust. How about, can I add a D, and this is the reason why I think we kept him, is D that we're going all in for the 2020 season. That's solely what it is. There's no way we would keep him at the cap, hip, uh, at his salary, excuse me, uh, that he's getting paid unless we were showing the fan base that, hey, we're all in for this year. Because if we would have let him go, yeah, we could have rolled that money into next year's cap to help us sign Milano and other people, but why not use the money now and win now? So they feel like he can help us win to this Sunday. That's the sole reason why we kept him. And, and we're going to talk about the T-White contract. Once again, man, I'm gushing all over Brandon Bean, man. 
the fact that you like this dude, well, we'll talk about T. White. But yes, I think we're going all in, and he's proven it in his actions. What I think is a possibility here is that this is an indictment on AJ Epinesa. Maybe he doesn't look like he's ready. And because, like you said, they seem to be setting up this season, they, they look like they're going to go for it. In every way possible, they look like they're stacking the deck for 2020. And keeping a, a guy on the roster who got around 40% of the snaps last year, came around at the end of the season, is really not worth the $9 million he's getting. He ranks as about the 33rd best defensive end in the NFL. And I don't think you should be making almost $10 million when there's at least one player on every team, statistically speaking, that's better than you. However, if it means that much much to them to throw waves upon waves, as I said, of defensive linemen in the game, I I can see exactly why you're doing that. And I can see that happening, man. So the the one other thing I wanted to clean up from the roster cut down is Voshan Joseph, the linebacker who was cut. This he this is only the second player drafted by the Bean regime that has been cut and not made his way to the practice squad. The only other player being the receiver, Austin Proel. I'm thinking that he's probably all athlete and no football player. Thoughts? I think this is a good position to be in. That means it could be him. It could be his performance. But what I would like to think is our roster is so good that is no room for him, and that's a great problem to have. Now, I, I again, I, I realize that I'm probably sounding like I'm taking a little bit of a negative tone here today, and I really don't mean to, um, because when you look at the track record of the guys who have been drafted by Sean McDermott and Brennan Bean, all making the roster, or at minimum the practice squad, and contributing, it's a tremendous track record. It's something that they really should be proud of. And they're showing that they are drafting, developing, and keeping players. And I know you're excited about this. Tredavious White, four-year extension, $70 million, $55 million of it guaranteed. It's making him the highest paid corner in the league for now at $17.5 million. How are you feeling about that, buddy? Hey man, we talked about it the last couple of weeks, man. Um, when I heard the news and it came across my phone, man, I, I was ecstatic, man, because I was scared. Once again, I got friends down in Louisiana, and they's like, "Yeah, you know, he went to LSU, and it's rumblings that he want to come play for the Saints." And and just thinking about the Gilmore situation, I'm like, man, we can't let this guy go. When you have a talent that's arguably the best in the league, you got to figure out a way. So the fact that he still had two years left on his contract, so we got him for six years. Yes. Okay, and that's like, so basically the guy's going into his prime, and we got him in the next six years. So we don't even have to worry about him. I, I was ecstatic, man. I'm so happy, man. And I don't know if you saw the video of his reaction to the contract where he oh. talked about retiring his family and all that stuff. Man, I love it, man. It I, was I, utterly inspiring, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, man. That's 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 what it's about, man. It ain't. It's not about you. 
You know what I'm saying? When you when you're in that situation, man, it's about all the people that you could affect because it is, is and which is generational wealth, man. And so I'm just happy we don't even have to worry about them. And now at this point, I just want to get my Lano taken care of, and I'll just be I just won't worry about it. And once again, man, Bean Bean is showing why he he has to be executive of the year, man. Everything he does is just on point. Everything just. I mean, it's wonderful. So I'm just happy we don't have to worry about it anymore. It, it, it I, I agree with you 100%. Um, and, you know, the way Bean structures contracts, the way the bills are, are, are set up is that they have very little dead money against the salary cap. In fact, they have the second least in the NFL behind only Tampa Bay, and they have just under a million dollars in dead cap money. And that's because the way Bean sets up his contracts is he gives very little prorated signing bonuses and pays guys roster bonuses that show up each and every year, and he guarantees salaries. Now, as of the recording of this podcast, we don't know exactly how that contract has been structured. But if I've got a guess, I'm thinking that he's doing it very much the same way he did for Dawkins in uh, the left tackle's new contract, in that if they have to get out of it for some reason, after a few years, they're going to be able to do it. But $55 million, that tells me, in guaranteed money, that tells me they expect him to be healthy and be a contributor all the way through his prime years. And if... If anybody had any doubts as to whether Trey was a guy that they wanted around, watch that video of his press conference. He just seems like such a good dude, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, man. You got to love him, man. And and it seems that he's embraced the uh, Buffalo community, active with his little hockey, the hockey stick he does. I mean, I love it, man. I love the guy. and And once again, more so, I'm happy that he, we have somebody on our team that's nationally recognized. Right. So when you turn on NFL Network and they talk about this guy, that makes me feel good. Hopefully that guy becomes Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, but yeah, it feels good, man, to have one of the best in the league at their position. And, you know, I think that $17.5 million per season, it sounds like a lot of money. And in some ways, that's going to tie up the salary cap a couple of years down the road. But here's the thing, Trey's resetting the market for cornerbacks, but it's not going to last. Right. If you look at who's about to become uh, a free agent over the next couple of years, you've got Marshawn Lattimore, yep. who was rookie of the year, same season as as Trey White. Uh, the other cornerbacks, Jalen Ramsey, who many consider to be the best in the NFL, and also Marlon Humphrey from the Ravens. I mean... There's arguments that these guys are all in the top five, along with Stephon Gilmore. But you could pretty much reorder them however you like and still come out with a great corner at the top of the list. And these guys, at least one of them is going to break the $20 million a season barrier. And that's what I heard that Jalen Ramsey, I heard that's what he wants, right? He wants like the $20 million a year. So that And Jalen Ramsey, I mean, you could argue it, but I feel like T. White's better than him, and we got him for 17. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's wonderful, man, what Bean's doing, man. You just, it's like Chick-fil-A, like you said. You can't question the guy. Can't question it, man. Can't question it. If you get it put in the bag, you were supposed to have it. 
I love it when you say that. <laughs> Big Newton food. Okay, I, I want to step away for a minute. And I, I know that you like you like chicken wings. Love chicken wings. Did you see the video that came out recently about the guy who went to a city council meeting and tried to get the term boneless wings banned from the, restaurants? The guy from Nebraska, right? That was it. Oh my God, yes. I thought I retweeted it, but I'm not sure. If I didn't, I, I should have. It hilarious, man. The funniest thing you'll see on the internet, man. And and then it turned out he was the son of somebody who was on the city council. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah, the guy announced right at the end. He's like, uh, I just want to go on the record as saying that that's my son. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if your kid did that? I can't, man. But is that the one he chastised? He chastised somebody was like, uh, excuse me, wait, don't like he don't interrupt me when I go on my rant, man. It was hilarious. Yeah. Do you think boneless wings are wings? No. No, I agree. They're small chicken tenders. Exactly. And buffalo sauce. Now, mm-hmm. I've seen you scarfed out some wings. I, I discovered from watching games with you that you're a nervous eater. And when games start getting close, next thing you know, here's another 20 wings showing up in front of you. <laughs> I remember when I first started sitting with you and you all chastised me because I had, um, uh, I didn't get buffalo wings. I got some maybe uh, oriental wings or something. I don't know what it was. I think it was jerk seasoning. Jerk, yeah, some jerk wings or something like that. And you all chastised me like uh, you only eat buffalo wings here. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, that's fine. So why don't we get to it and talk about our predictions for this year, game by game. How are the Bills going to do? You feeling me? I'm feeling you, man. Let's do it. All right. So week number one, Sunday, the New York Jets coming to Buffalo playing in front of an empty stadium. What are you feeling for that game? Win. I agree. And once again, it has to be like I said last week, we bet win that game yep i i agree and but you know what it's not going to be a cakewalk the the jets are going to come in playing tough they have a lot more talent on offense than they did last year their receivers are respectable with brashad perryman jameson crowder's coming back denzel mims was drafted they even have chris hogan so they actually have some guys who can catch the ball this year it uh, obviously remains to see what mims can do he's a rookie but you know, Trey White's been studying him because the guy catches contested balls, but mm-hmm. I, the Bills pull this one out. It's not going to be a cakewalk. But in week two, the uh, the Bills are going to Miami to play the Dolphins. Yep. What do you think about that one? Win. You got to figure out a way to be fits, man. You do. And I, I think you, you got to pray for bad fits, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so... Then the Rams come to Orchard Park. What do you think? Once again, when you look at the season, I look at it in quarters. So the first four games, I got us going three and one. So if you make me pick one, we're I feel like we're going to drop either the Rams or at Vegas. So I would say we're going to lose one of those. So I'll take the Rams as a win going three and oh, and then – lose at Vegas. Okay, I I agree with both of those because the Rams are going to be coming off the Cowboys and Eagles, and then they're traveling east, which teams are notoriously bad at doing. Um, So, you know, they always... 
every season teams drop a game that they should probably win, win one that they should probably lose. And I think one of those is going to be against the Raiders in Vegas. They're going to drop that one. So through the first quarter of the season, we agree they're going to be three and one. Probably probably first place in the AFC East at that point, right? And I'll take that every day and even on Sundays. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then... Oh, the schedule starts getting nasty, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Then they head to Tennessee to play the Titans. And, you know, last season, the Bills needed three missed field goals in order to win. And there's no Cairo Santo there this year. I think Tennessee is going to run the ball well. Tannehill, they probably won't have figured him out yet. I think the Bills lose that one. I think so, too. And they just signed uh, Clowney also. Yeah. uh, they're they're going to bolster the defense. Did you hear about the story with the clowny? He was ready to go to the New Orleans Saints, and uh, the Saints tried to pull a sign and trade. I think they wanted to do a sign and trade with Jacksonville maybe. Yeah. And Jacksonville was like, if we sign Clowney, we're going to trade them to the Rams for a first-round pick or something. So it was like a big fiasco. And then uh, Clowney fired his agent and then got the deal done, I guess, yesterday. So uh yeah, they boosted the defense. I don't I don't see us going to Tennessee winning that game. Uh they they run the ball well. Uh Tanny Hill's gonna do enough to probably pull a win. So we'll probably drop two in a row there. Yeah, probably. And then the Chiefs on a short week, a Thursday night, the Chiefs come to Orchard Park. And frankly, I just don't think the Bills can score enough points to beat the Chiefs. I pray that Josh Allen can have another Thanksgiving Day game against the Cowboys. This yeah. is his moment. It'll be Thursday night in Buffalo, national television. I pray that he plays well to pull it out, but I don't see it happening. Kansas City, I mean, the way they look, I can see them going 16-0, and 0, so I got us losing that game too. Okay, so the next game the Bills are playing at the Jets – And, you know, it is difficult to beat teams twice in a season. And divisional games, you never know what's going to happen with them. Uh, So what do you think is going to happen in New Jersey against the Jets? You got to win that game. You have to. You have to win that game. Will you? Yes. I feel feel like you got to win that game. You got to beat New England the next week at home got to beat cam newton so in that quarter the second quarter of the season we'll go two and two now if we pull off an upset against tennessee or kansas city we could lose one of those games okay and i won't be too troubled but out of those four games we got to win two of them so far uh, on the schedule the titans game is going to tell me i think more than anything else because i think they're fairly evenly matched i agree so you know, if they pull that game out, I, I'll feel better about them than maybe I would uh, if they lose that game. Um, lose to the Jets? I don't want them to lose to the Jets ever. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. You'll trade a Tennessee loss and a Kansas City loss as long as you win New England and New York. That's that's what I'm thinking because yeah. the next game, uh, the Patriots are going into Buffalo. Yes. And... What do you make of that one? Once again, man, we talked about it last week. You got to figure out a way to beat Cam Newton. You, you do. You got to like. There's no we because now because now you're talking about the division. See Tennessee, Kansas City. I I won't think if we win them fine, but if we lose, I won't think twice about it. But I want to win a division, so that's why I give us those two losses. Give me two wins against New York and New England. 
you gotta you gotta figure out a way to beat a guy that was unemployed three months ago. I I agree with that. Now the problem is Belichick knows how to make Josh Allen play poorly. He runs the cover zero. He runs a cover one. Uh, I know that they lost a lot of a lot of players, and their offense could be rather anemic. But he makes Josh Allen look bad. And if the Bills aren't scoring points, they're not winning games. And here's the other thing: people are writing off Cam Newton because he's been injured. He hasn't necessarily played well. But I think if Alden Smith in Dallas doesn't. Cam Newton is winning comeback player of the year this year. And I think one of the things he's going to do is run the ball a lot. And I think it's, it's going to, it's going to give the bills fits on defense. They're not going to know what to expect. I think Belichick is going to out X and O Sean McDermott. And I think the Patriots pull that game out. So that's the halfway point in the season for, for the bills here that that's through eight games. I've got them going four and four. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've got them four and four. You've got them five and three. Five and three. Okay. So now it starts getting interesting because now they play three of their next four games against the NFC West. Yep. The best division in the sport. So the Seattle Seahawks come to Buffalo. What do you think? I don't think we're going to win that game. See, now that's one I think we're going to steal. Okay. And my logic behind that doesn't exist. It's just an emotional <laughs> decision. <laughs> I I I could see us winning that game. Once again, the Seattle's flying across country. I just don't think that Josh Allen is going to beat uh, Russell Wilson. And so, I mean, but once again, let's look at the four games in totality and not look at them singularly. All right, as long as we win two of those four games, I'm cool. And I feel like those two are going to be Arizona and the Chargers. And so if we can steal a game against Seattle or steal a game against San Fran, that's icing on top. But you got to figure out a way to beat the uh, sophomore quarterback in Arizona, and you got to beat Tyrod Taylor. If Tyrod Taylor comes to Buffalo and wins, that will be horrible. That's even if Tyrod Taylor is still starting at that point. And, and you know, I, I think the Bills lose at the Cardinals this year. I, I think that the Bills are going to have a hard time with Kyler Murray because, frankly, their defensive linemen just aren't that fast. So, you know, containment on okay. Kyler Murray is going to be fairly difficult. And I know he's not a he, he's not like he's not a dead sprinter like some of the some of the quarterbacks out there are like uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, but he's a mobile guy. He gets rid of the ball fast. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury has a pretty good offense. They've brought in some talent this year. Um, and going west is difficult. D-Hop. D-Hop got paid today, too. You see that? I did. Lots of money for that guy. And he's worth it, though. He's worth every penny, man. I love him, man. I think he's the best in the league. Yeah. So the Chargers, I'm with you. By that point in the season, I'm not even sure Tyrod is going to be starting. It may be Justin Herbert by that point. Because why would you keep your rookie on the bench when you've got a guy like Tyrod who's just not going to get you there? Well, if they're winning, they're winning, they're going to keep him in. If they drop like three or four and it look like they're out to play off in the contention for the division, that's when you'll turn to the rookie. I just don't see how you can be better than a 500 team with Tyrod behind center. 
like between the guy throwing the ball out of bounds and, um, you know, not getting the ball to receivers, not throwing the ball down the middle of the field, really. It's mind numbing. Oh, I'm so glad he's not the Bills quarterback anymore. But he, yeah, he's good enough to get you in contention, though, if everything else is going right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. If they're if they're number one and number two in their division, they'll stick with Tyrod. That's what happened in uh Cleveland. Cleveland, he started the first four games, they dropped three of them, and then that Thursday night game, that's when you went to the rookie. And he uh went to uh uh Mayfield. Cleveland quarterback. Mayfield, excuse me. Yeah, Mayfield on that Thursday night. So, but if if uh, Tyrod would have won the Saints game, which he played well enough to win, but their kicker missed the field goal at the end, he win that game, then maybe he would still have been the quarterback uh, moving forward. That's true. So, you know, if you if you win some games that they're hovering, like if the wheel's falling off, you turn to the rookie. Yeah. Because you know he's not ready. Because they, I mean, draft pundits said that he wasn't going to be ready coming out of college anyway. And now you don't have spring. You don't have OTAs. You don't have, you know, preseason football. So he's really behind the eight ball now. Yeah. So you don't want to throw him out too quickly and have the wheels fall off. Tyrod can steady the ship, especially with the talent they have um, with the Chargers. You know what okay. I'm saying? So, um. But Derwin James is out for the year, too. He might be arguably – him and Bosa might be the best players. Yeah. Uh, but they got a lot of talent out there, man. So I, I can see him hovering around at 500. If he do, he could hold the rookie off longer than he would if it wasn't the coach. Okay. So – but you still have the Bills winning that one? The Chargers, yes. Okay. I have – and I know I'm going out of order. I'm sorry. I, did, I just looked at the four games increments. We lose to Seattle, beat Arizona – Beat Chargers, lose to San Fran. So you go two and two and two during that. I that I agree that the Bills are not beating San, San Francisco in San Fran on Monday night. It's just night that's too big of an ask. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then it starts getting fun. Uh, okay. Th- the next four games are against AFC opponents, and it's another nationally televised game. It's on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, just like we had last year, except this year, um, they may have Ben Roethlisberger in the game instead of Duck Hodges. And last year, if Roethlisberger was in the game, they probably the Steelers probably would have won. That's fair. So that's fair. Short week. Coming back from the West Coast, playing against the Hall of Fame quarterback, I don't see how the Bills win it. I think we're going to win the game. That's going to like so. I'm looking at that like you're looking at the Seattle game. Yeah, you got. We're. I feel like we're going to beat Pittsburgh. I feel like during this four game stretch, we go three and one. That gives us ten wins. So I think we can beat Pittsburgh. I don't know what Big Ben's going to look like. We're at home Sunday night football. Hopefully we have fans in the stadium. We have the RVs and Pinto Ron in the parking lot. <laughs> I think we're going to beat Pittsburgh that game. Okay. I, I got, I hope they do. Um, then the Broncos. And to me, the Broncos are the biggest wild card on the season. I have no idea what to expect from them. Yeah. They got the sophomore quarterback, uh, Drew Locke. They added some, uh, 
rookie receivers. I, I I like their roster, but once again, you got to figure out a way to go to Denver and get that win. Yeah. Denver is not going to be in contention for their division. Maybe the, it might be a year too soon for them to talk playoffs. You, If you're a 10-win team, if you're a playoff team, if you're a division leader, you got to win that game. I think the Bills are going to win that one, and mostly because I think the Bills – the Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott defense is going to confuse Drew Locke. He's not going to know what to do with them. They're going to throw so many looks at him. He's just not going to know which direction to go. Uh, so Buffalo gets the W there. And then the Bills are going to New England on a Monday night to play the Patriots. And let me tell you what I think about this one. I think by that point in the season, Cam Newton is injured. Jared Stidham is at quarterback or Brian Hoyer. We don't know which one, but I think the Bills go in there with the extra day to prepare for the game. They're going to go in there. They're going to get a big win, and this is going to be the game that locks up the division for them. I love that, and I hope all that happens. Obviously, I don't root for anybody to get injured. So in my uh, scenario, Cam Newton versus Josh Allen for the division. Josh Allen, if you want to be the guy, you want that new brand new contract you're going to be looking for next year, you got to figure out a way to beat Cam Newton. I got the Bills winning. Excellent. And the final game of the season, the Miami Dolphins are coming to town. What do you make of that one, big guy? Well, hopefully we locked up the division. It'll be like the Miami game this past year. Um, it doesn't – two will probably be the quarterback. We're resting our guys, won the division. We might get a loss. That's fine. We're getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, that's exactly what I had it because, you know, I think Tua Tagovailoa could end up being the best quarterback in the division. I, in fact, I think in three years, that's what they're going to be saying. Uh, his accuracy is unbelievable. He may not have the strongest arm, uh, but he maneuvers the pocket well. And I mean, he just can pinpoint the ball. And that's what it takes in the NFL to be successful. I think Sam Darnold is a little inconsistent. We don't know yet how Josh Allen is going to develop. But with the division wrapped up, Buffalo is resting some starters. Miami gets the win. And for me... That is an eight and eight season for you. That's let's see, seven, nine, ten wins, ten and six, matching last year's total. Yep. But we're a better team because the schedule is much more daunting. But I feel like we're older, we're better, and I pray that we get a better Josh Allen this year that's going to be a top 15 in the league pass. That's going to be the difference, right? If he doesn't get that's there right. this year, he may never. That's what this whole season's hinged upon, man. Well, we all have our fingers crossed because two things with Josh Allen. He's exciting to watch and he's very likable. He's he's likable when he talks to the media. His teammates love him. Fans relate to him well. This is a guy who would be a great face of the franchise because more than anything, because of how his teammates react to him. Even the guys on defense loved him from day one. Yep. And, you know, that's... That's the anti-Josh Rosen, right? Who nobody can stand having around. Like I told you, man, he's one leg out the league, man. But I know I wanted him coming out of college, but then reading up on his family and stuff, like, I, I, well, I understand his, his parents are like doctors or lawyers mm -hmm. and stuff. So 
if he comes from an affluent family, I, I tend, and I don't know him. I never met him before, but I know that just because, you know, I used to teach at Florida State and being around those kids. When you have kids that come from nothing, then I think they want it more than people who have options. And I know that might be not politically correct or that might seem mean, but from my experiences, there's definitely a correlation there. So finding out that his parents are like affluent and he come from a fluent home, maybe he don't put in the work. Maybe he feel like, hey, I don't need this football thing. But if you got somebody who came from nothing, if you tell him you want him to play special teams, he's going to do it. If you want him to run down on kickoff and bust up a wedge, he's not going to think twice about it. But if you got a guy that could be a neurosurgeon, he's going to ask questions like, why? Why do you want me to do that? You know. So that could be part of it, too. Once again, I don't know him, never met him, but I just see a correlation in my experiences with that. It also depends on, and now we're getting into the psych psychology end of things, but it depends on whether a person is motivated internally or whether they they need external motivation. There's a lot of guys who have come from affluence. Tom Brady, Josh Allen's family was not poor, but you know, Tom Brady, nobody questions his heart or how hard he works because that's a person who is internally motivated. He desires to be the best he can be. He desires to be the best of all time. And there was nothing that he was going to be handed as a child that was going to take that away from him, obviously. But he's not everybody. And that's what I was about to say. Tom Brady is an outlier. Right. Because why, where, where was all that when he was at Michigan? Uh-huh. You know, so I feel like with Tom Brady, and no disrespect, I feel like and a lot of people might not like me saying this, he's the greatest football player all the time. Okay. But I, he's in a great situation. Right. And I think success, just like with life, it – a lot of it has to do with your situation. Now, do you have people who pull themselves up in their bootstraps and they they earned everything they got? Yes, you sure. do. But situations have a lot to do with success. Mm-hmm. That and that, that's with with sports, and it has a lot to do with the quarterback position, and it, and it's a parallel to life too. Yes, if Dick Duron was still the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, we would not be discussing Josh Allen taking the next step forward. We would be discussing Josh Allen getting replaced this season. But it's only because exactly. Sean McDermott has created a great culture, and Brandon Bean has brought in good players that that exactly. Josh Allen even has a chance to thrive. Exactly. This isn't the NBA, man. NFL is the totality of the team sport. And so when you have successful programs like the Steelers, the Cowboys back in the day, um, Baltimore right now, yes. Kansas City right now, I if, if we would have got Patrick Mahomes, I don't know that Patty Mahomes would be Patty Mahomes. Agree. A lot of your success comes off the situation. They have a hell of a team with all kind of talent at every position. And Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame coach. Andy Reid is the quarterback whisperer. Like every yep. every quarterback he touches turns to gold, including Alex Smith. Like nobody can do with quarterbacks what he does. So I agree with you. Pat exactly. Mahomes ends up in Buffalo. He is not the Pat Mahomes that we see now. He's not the absolute best quarterback in the NFL and on his way to the Hall of Fame yet. He would be yeah. a very good player, but not the hands down MVP. Exactly. And Tom Brady, the last 20 years, if he would have played in Buffalo and went through five, six, seven different coaches or whatever we had the last 20 years, he would have probably been out the league 10 years ago. Well, now there's another end of that argument, though, which is would the coaches still be around if Tom Brady was the quarterback? 
Maybe. Maybe a quarterback could save a coach's job. I mean, I'm sure there's examples of that. But, but I know they get him fired. And with the way our franchise has been and uh, some of the decisions we make, uh, like Doug Whaley, once again, you trading, uh, you trading up in a draft full of receivers and you get the most average one. I mean, it's little things like that. Once again, success is dictated off the decisions you make, and we made some bad decisions, and that's why we missed the playoffs for many of those years. Yeah. Well, you know what? They're going to make it two in a row this season. I think so. Bills are winning the division. They're going to the playoffs. How how deep of a run do you think they make? I don't care. Anything <laughs> if we Listen, no, listen. My goal is to win the division. I'm going to go out and buy all kind of paraphernalia to say AF, 2020 AFC East champs, and I'm going to wear it like it's a Super Bowl uh, T-shirt because we have not won the division since what, 95? 95. 95. I was graduating undergrad then. I was graduating. Well, that was my first year of college. Yeah. We were kids, man. Yeah, man, we were young, man. So for us to do it, I think that'll be a great accomplishment. So that's what I want. Um, and then I want a home playoff game, and hopefully we could win it. Yep. Okay. So if we finish third in the thir- uh, seating of third, because I, I know it's a new playoff uh, format also this year, just give me a home playoff game. If we win, fine. If we lose, I'm fine. Just win the division. Okay. And Josh. Allen looks like a franchise type quarterback. I don't what I don't want is I don't want him to be Tannehill where yeah, we're gonna give you the money even though you might not desert. Like I want us to know this year. And I just think once again, I know people gonna think, oh, quit beating up on Josh Allen, quit talking trash. No, I want him to succeed. I want him to be the guy, but I am not gonna be blind by his accomplishments just because he's my guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want I want everybody in the world to know that he's a franchise type quarterback. It is no question. We're not dealing with the Dak Prescott situation where we don't know and yeah, we like you, but don't like. I want it to be known, mm-hmm. and that's my only goal of this year. Yeah, and he's the one who who controls all of that, right? I would like to think it. Because everybody talks about our receivers, even though I thought I, I feel like a quarterback, a good quarterback makes his receivers. I agree with that. And so to say that he doesn't have the talent, well, what's John Brown? John Brown is one of the fastest receivers in the league, but he's too short. He don't get the jump balls. He don't get the 50-50 ball. Okay, now you got a bona fide number one. So you better use him. There's no excuses. Tom Brady. In the Super Bowl with Rishé Caldwell yep. as his number one receiver. Remember yep. Rishé Caldwell with his bug eyes? Yep. <laughs> that guy. And you don't even have to go that far. The Chris, We cut Chris Hogan, and Tom Brady got him, and he became a pro bowler. We could go down a list of that. If you have a real quarterback, he makes receivers. But if you have a guy that questionable then it's always something else well after this year it's going to be it's not going to be anything else we got a decent line great running game great defense it's up to you to make it happen you have to go out and tear some of these defenses up you have to blow out some of these teams especially when you play the scrubs like miami you got to hang 40 on them and get player of the week in the nfl like you got to have those type games See, Miami worries me. I think I think Miami's going to compete for the division this year. Wait, what? I think Miami's going to come out strong this year, and I, I think they're going to compete for the division. The sooner they can get to Tua, the better they're going to be. 
I think that they're going to be tough. I don't think they're going to be scrubs. Yeah, I guess we're going to disagree on that. We'll see. I didn't think that until I read um, what Peter King had written. In, okay. And uh, Peter, Peter King was rather convincing. He likes Brian Flores, and I, I walked away from that going, huh, man, I guess they do have a pretty good amount of talent built up this season. Yeah, they had a lot of draft picks, so. We'll see if our predictions, bound to not come true, actually do come true as the season wears on. But looking forward to Sunday, big man. Looking forward to Sunday. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really enjoyed hearing from you over the course of the week, and we love that you listened to us throughout this podcast. Hey, want to say goodbye to our folks, Big Chris? Hey, hey, hey. See you next week, guys.